of the Aw Man radio show here at awman.net and that was the Shifa Bomb the song was Der Mond that came out last year through Billow which is a really great label in Berlin and it's uh, an EP they just call it Demo but I think it sounds a lot better than what most people's demos sound like Sounds like a finished thing to me. I don't know. Um, so, what is it? Six songs on it. They're all under two minutes, and they're all very concise and well constructed. That's admirable. Um, so yeah, got a whole bunch more Bandcamp finds to show you this week, as I usually do. Kind of a mix of all over the place this time, rather than too much of anywhere specific. Um, what else? Zach is going to pop by as he does at uh, the halfway point of the show. We'll talk a bunch of bullshit. Maybe or maybe not. It will be interesting. I can't make any promises. And what else? I have a whole set of songs pertaining to age play, such as, uh, well, not really the songs, more like the titles. So titles that have things like daddy or little girl or mom or little boy and stuff like that yeah maybe some of them actually the subject matter of the songs ties in age by more than others but you can you can decide I'm not going to tell you it'll be a surprise it's all I got to offer for this week but at least I'm here so maybe that's a victory in itself um so I won't hesitate any longer. I'll get 
right to some more music. Next, it'll be the Vidal's. The song is called Unknown, and it comes from a single that they put out through the Garnet label in 1965. Each other, we've got each other, we've got each other. Not- 
Because I don't think I can get out of this thing worth a shit. Nobody can, so, you know.
I hesitated a bit before I returned to the microphone after that song finished because as soon as it finished I heard some kind of clunk over in the corner and I don't know what that is and I can't get up, I shouldn't get up and look at it because I'm trying to talk to you here. So that could be interesting, we'll see, hopefully it's not something full of liquid that spilled all over something else. Hate it when that happens. Uh, okay, what do we hear? I just played Miss Cummings. The song was Hide It. And that was put out in when? You should know this. 2018. Um, it's on a release of their music, a seven song thing, somewhere between an album and an EP called Like Music. And that was put up by Den Tapes in Seattle, Washington. It's another one that was recorded by Ian Curtis Christ, who has been responsible for a fair amount of stuff. I've been playing on the show recently, and I don't really know too much about that person other than, yeah, totally got the recording cool bands thing down and making them sound good, put it that way. Um, so, yeah, that was Miss Cummings. Also, played Sunny Slopes before that. The song was Roar from Last Exit for Human Kindness. They put that out in 2019 through Broken Sound. They're based in Carborough, North Carolina which is just outside of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And, yeah, I didn't even mean to do this. It just kind of worked out this way. Just before them, I played Fitness Woman, who is also based in the same town of Carborough. Maybe they share members. Maybe they're buds. I'm sure they're at least aware of each other anyway. So the song I played was called Easy. It's on New Age Record, which was put out in 2019 by Sorry State. Says about the record on their Bandcamp page, Health Conscious, No Wave, Inspired by Deliberate Dance Beats. I really like that song. That was a good one. Before that, Quintron Miss Pussycat 949 from the Unmasked Organ Lightyear of Infinity Man. Fuck everybody else. That's the name of the record, and it's a great record with a great title. Ball put that out in 2000, and as I mentioned, I started it with the Vidells. The song was just called Unknown from a 1965 Garnet single. I'm going to play something else from Seattle because Miss Cummings are from there. So the next band, Terminator's from there too. Um, this song is Papaya, found on a self-titled, self-released EP, which the band put out last
So keep watching Jeopardy! 24 hours a day and call this number. You dumb son of a bitch, you don't watch it 24 hours a day. There's a daily cash prize of $1,000 and fuck, no shit. Call now and play phone Jeopardy! She drank the poison that Captain Hook intended for Peter Pan. Tinkerbell! Fuck him. been so down on your luck that you couldn't even cry have you ever woke up in the morning just to wish you could die or have you ever been so down with the blues you had to reach up to tie your shoes have you ever had that kind of low down Have you ever had the girls stand and laugh at your brand new suit? Went in the wrong restroom and the police arrested you. 
Or ride the bus to the end of the route Cause the seat of your bridge is ripped out Have you ever had that kind of low-down blues? Well, there's a man at your front door He's got a summons in his hand And there's another at your back door He said, I'm gonna shut off your gas Well, have you ever felt so bad That you couldn't remember your name? You locked your keys in the house So you're standing out in the rain I made your first speech on TV Forgot to put in your false teeth Have you ever had that kind of low-down Someone's in his hand And there's another at your back door He said, I'm gonna shut off your gas Well, have you ever felt so bad That you couldn't remember your name? You locked your keys in the house So you're standing out in the rain I made your first speech on TV Forgot to put in your false teeth Have you ever had that kind of low-down blues? Well, have you ever had that kind of low-down
I guess the good news is that clunk in the fridge, that's where it was. It was just like a bottle settling or something. Didn't actually knock over any liquid at all. I'll get to the not-so-good news in a second when it's a little more topical. Uh, That was Plexiglass from Vancouver. The song was Bad Mascot. They put that out last year on a two-song EP called Demos. Uh, What else? Secret Superpower before that. Useless from What Kind of Dream, released in 2019 by Youth Riot. Then there was Billy Rufus, Low Down Blues. There's a line in that where he says something like, you do your you do your first interview on TV, but you forgot to put in your false teeth. I kind of feel like that because it was around the time when he first said that in the song. I noticed that I'd left the microphone on for probably like five or six minutes while the music was playing. So I hope I wasn't muttering to myself or doing anything ridiculous that would have been carried over to the microphone. I don't know. I don't really care enough to listen back to the uh, recording. And maybe I'm just better off not doing that. But yeah, you probably heard something. I'm such an idiot. And speaking of that, it's funny, the song before that was by Elisa Gabai. And she sings in Hebrew, as you might have noticed. So all of the songs on that record called The New Beat are also in uh, the Hebrew alphabet. So I made the unfortunate mistake of, I used to have that album ripped with a scan, and then it had all the titles and the track numbers associated with it. But now I only have a couple of songs from that, and I don't have the cover art anymore, so I don't know what the name of that song was. And I can't even get Google Translate to read it out for you. So all I know is that song is from the new beat. It came out in 1968 through Music of the World in Israel. And uh, the reason why I can't just figure it out by the length of the track is because it says in the Winamp tags data that it's track 8. But track 8 on this record is not the same length. So I don't know. Anyway, I really like that song and wanted to play it. So... Another reason why I'm an idiot. Um, The scientist before that, Brain Dead. I see kind of a theme going here. Uh, We also, like I said, Secret Superpower. Their song that I play is called Useless. Anyway, uh, none of that was intentionally arranged in this fashion, but clever that it should work out this way. Um, So yeah, The Scientist, Brain Dead from the Human Jukebox, put out in 1987 by Citadel. And started it with Terminator Papaya from their self-titled 2020 EP. I'm going to play Reparata and the Delrons next. The song is Take a Look Around You. It's put out originally in 1965 through RCA Victor on a single. I guess it's a good time to mention this. I was meaning to say it if I haven't already, or I probably I haven't said it for a while if I ever did say it, that... I might tell you that a song is taken from a particular release, but it's not to say that, you know, I ripped the vinyl myself or anything. I'm just going on when something, when it's an older song like this, I'm going on when was it originally put out. So I don't have this huge collection of records here that I'm ripping or somebody who's doing that for me or whatever. 
and stuff is just so flaky when you download it online. You never really know where it's coming from. And I mean, I'm not that much of a purist. It would be nice to know, but I'm, I'm lucky I'm able to do this show at all. Maybe someday I can get to that point. Um, so, yeah, you know, there could be like the stereo mix or the mono mix sounds a bit different or a different label put something out and it's, you know, two seconds longer or whatever. But, yeah, as, as much as I appreciate people who are aware of all those details, I'll be honest with you and say that I'm, I'm not one of those people who can deliver the goods there, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, if anything, I hope it, it leads you to something you haven't heard or maybe, you know, something you might want to investigate more. I don't know. Something of some use. I hope the music's good. I hope it's better than my rambling anyway. So, yeah, here it is. Reparato of the Delrons, take a look around you.
There you go. Omega by Kashaw. That was put out in 2019 on their self-titled release through Story State. Then it was Rebo Flavin, Pork Chops from the album B2, Not To Be. And they released that themselves in 2020. Dean Carter with his nutso version of Jailhouse Rock before that. Milky Way, the label, issued that in 1967 on a single. Also heard Black Eyes. Someone has his fingers broken from Black Eyes. Put out by Discord in 2003. Then it was Sorry Golden State, A Web, A Net. The album that's from is called Leaking. It was released in 2019 by a label whose name I'm very fond of, Eternal Soundcheck. Uh, they're based, the label is based in Brisbane, Australia. And uh, what do they say here? Yeah, I guess the the band, Sorry Golden State, are from there too, apparently, from the notes on the Bandcamp page anyway. And what else? To start Reparat on the Delrons, take a look around you from 1965. On a single through RCA, RCA Victor. And, you know, it's right at that time, exactly, to talk to Zach and see what's, what's on his mind. I hope I keep my mailman called Mr. Mac away from Zach. My name is Meg and I'm scared of Zach. <laughs> the maniac. Howdy, partner. Hey, I, I hear you're on 5,000 milligrams of, of nicotine, buddy. <laughs> I eat them all. I eat nicotine patches. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. I knew that I knew what I just read on the internet was correct that I wrote. Everything on the internet is correct. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Especially if I write it. I just wrote that on the internet. I knew it was I knew I was right. I knew I had a sneaking suspicion it was right for the first time. You're a I knew I was right for the first time in my life. <laughs> You're a prophet as much as you are a poet, so how, how do <laughs> yeah. you do it? Oh, it isn't easy. Trust me. Yeah, I'd love I'd love anyone to I'd love anyone to live in my body for thirty seconds and tell me it's easy. <laughs> where would I'd you love go? anybody to have to? What's that? If that happened, where would you go? Where, like somebody else? I would become body. Jim Morrison. <laughs> yeah, I'd become the Lizard King, of course. Become your favorite singer. <laughs> I really actually do like Jim Morrison a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm very into Jim Morris. I'm very into the Doors. Do you like him as a person, though? Do you like how some people are so? No, 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 <laughs> no. He seems like a total fucking tool. <laughs> yeah, I won't be going to yeah, no, that in like his grave or anything like that. Oh fuck no, no way. No, I I'd, I'd go to his grave just to piss off. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just being mean. Uh, no, I mean. I really like the Doors. I think it's probably more because the Doors are just a really, I think they're a really excellent band. I'm really into their music. 
I like him too. Yeah, I just think Jim Morrison's a bit of a twat, but like he's he's fine yeah. as a singer, but he's like I don't have any real interest in his poetry or or him as like some kind of shaman type dude or whatever the hell people look at him for. No, I think he's probably perif- proliferated the uh, the white shaman. The, the white shaman prototype. He was probably the the white shaman prototype that could that could pretty much turns my stomach. You know, I come across a lot a lot of that in the rubbing shoulders in the new age spiritual realm. You know, like the. <laughs> but he's re- he really isn't a. I love his singing, and I like the songs that he like. I like the lyrics for the songs that he writes. It's like if if someone could put a leash on him, and just sit down like all right you you got to write a chorus and a verse and a, ver- and a chorus and a verse or even like i even like some of their more experimental songs where he reads a little bit of his poetry like uh <clears throat> well i like the end but uh what that i really like uh not to not to not to see the earth is that what it's called i, ca- I can't even remember that song is that's it's I can't remember the, the name of I know not to see the earth, not to not to see the sun, nothing left to do but to run, run, run. I can't remember if that's the name of the song. That's, that's one of my favorite songs from the 1960s. I, I love that track. But I was uh, I, I was obsessed with the Doors as a teenager. I was in a uh, I, I was very much in a a Doors type band in high school, and I, I was the singer. And I did I did uh, I'll admit I. I, I indulged in some Morrisonisms. <laughs> Did you guys do any Doors covers? No, we didn't. Actually, we didn't do any Doors covers, but the whole band was a Doors cover. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like I, I was reading my poetry. It was like Doors, Patty Smith, uh, <clears throat> that kind of thing. It's like when a tribute band does one of their original songs, and it just sounds like whatever they're usually whoever they're usually tributing to. <laughs> I'm just glad that we didn't record anything. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that yeah. happen too. Yeah, but... yeah, it was very much like that. Yeah. You know, we had a really, we had a solid keyboard player, a, a keyboard player that could do like moody stuff and like, but also like rip like a rock and roll tune and do like, had a, a, a guy that could do like surf guitar kind of stuff, and I at that and I I played guitar in the band. I didn't just uh, I didn't just uh, sing, or not always anyway. And and that my style at that time was very much rockabilly, uh, rockabilly surf <clears throat> type playing. So yeah, the band itself pretty much ripped, but yeah, probably those lyrics are. Are, are lost to humankind, and I'm not too sad about that. <laughs> there's a lot of things that I, not a lot, but there's a decent number of things that I look back upon from when I was younger, especially in high school or just about at a high school that I was thinking about doing and probably started working on and then just never seen it through. And I'm glad that I lacked the discipline for that. I think that's one of the advantages of being at that age and being relatively undisciplined for a lot of people is if you were disciplined, you probably just would have put out a bunch of horse shit that you would have wished you never put out. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you know, well, I mean, I was in a band in high school that pretty much started touring right away. Uh, and and just like just out of high school, I was in the band Social Junk, who made a lot of albums that I'm really proud of, actually. You know, like I, I still look I still look fondly upon that uh, <clears throat> our output and like and, you know, kind of give the chef's kiss to it. I think this is pretty good. I don't know how, how I did this. And I did like, uh, I did this kind of really uh, unusual, surreal folk music in high school that I still think is really good. I made uh, four-track recordings of it, and I still listen back to that, and I, I just can't even, like, think about how I wrote that. But that band was so derivative that, to me, it was just like, wasn't good. And, of course, that's the only thing I did in high school that people ate up. People liked that, you know, like we were, we really got books, we got booked a lot and people were really into it. And that was one of several things I was doing in high school. And uh, that was the one, yeah, that was the one thing that people found pretty, very palatable and they enjoyed. Whereas I look back at, back at it and I'm like, oh, I'm really glad that that wasn't. I'm glad there wasn't such a thing as YouTube when I went to high school. <laughs> and I don't still have to live that down. Yeah. <laughs> But maybe I'm just looking back on back at it with a really. Um, I don't tend to look back on things with a rosy sheen. I, I tend to look back on everything with a pretty, a, a pretty negative eye, which is, I find pretty helpful. That way, I don't. I don't think it's really helpful to idealize the past. The past. I think it's a pretty pathetic thing people do. Really, for the most part, they always think. My life is terrible now, and boy, but it used to be good. Well, no, it's never been good. If it's not good for you right now, it's probably never been good, more than likely. Uh, you know, so, I, you know, I might, if, if, I, if some of that was still extant, I might look back. I might actually listen to it and, and be able to judge it objectively, and maybe I'd like it. I, I don't know, but I kind of just have the feeling I, I probably wouldn't. I, I would like the music still. I think the music is very good. It's just, you know, me trying to be a, a front man. And that just never really worked. That never really worked for me. Although I've, I've ostensibly been a, a front man for all my life. But I was, you know, trying to fit in this mold of what front men do. Antics, all that shit, which I detest. Um, get back to your point about uh, people who idealize the past. I think a lot of people who, who've just given up on doing stuff in general, they kind of console themselves with that whole thing of being like, oh, well, you know, I used to do all kinds of cool shit, so I'm still cool because of that. But, yeah, I think for yeah. a lot of people it's just an excuse because they're not actually doing anything anymore and can't muster up the energy or drive or uh, courage to try and do something. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can relate, you know, I, I find that I'm much more prone to depression as I get older, or just not like, um, it's harder for me, for me to muster up the strength necessary to be able to create something. I still do. I mean, it's just because it's not easy doesn't mean that I don't do it, but I think life tends to wear people down and it does. I've maybe there's maybe they're just looking back at a time in their lives when, you know, they uh, they weren't so worn down by life. Uh, I kind of, I try and work with 
the way that life has worn me down. You know, it's I don't. I try and not regret. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't do any good at all to try and try and complain about the way things are. It, you just kind of you have to manage to work with it the best way that you possibly can. You know, so even though life can be kind of tiresome, I think there's a way to tap into that energy of being tired or wore down by life and I mean I'd say I'm more I'm more productive now or I like everything in my everything that I managed to put out I've always been really productive but everything I managed to put out now because it is tinged with some kind of you know <laughs> songs of, it, those were the songs of in, innocence and these are the songs of experience and uh, you know I tend to really like everything that I do I think that everything I do has a lot more gravitas and you know than, than it than it did at one, at one point in my life when and I you know I tend to know who who I am more you know like I'm not trying to be anybody else anymore I know I know who I am whether I like it or not I I know who I am and and can draw from that to to create something that is really particular to me, you know, to the way that I I want to express myself. And um, I don't know. I'm, I, I mean, I'm still really creative. I still I, I still created 12 albums last year, which is you know more al- more more albums than the Rolling Stones have ever have ever made. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm still I, that, I, that's what I don't understand. How does a band just run out of it? You know, like the Rolling Stones are still a band. They've been a band since the mid-60s. How do they just run out of it? What happens to them? I I don't know. I wonder about that, too. If it's just, I mean, maybe they don't like working with each other all that much, or maybe they're lazy, or they get tied up in side projects, or maybe it could even, I don't know if this is so much of it, but to a certain extent... It could be something like maybe the powers that be, the you know, managers and whatever corporate presence is involved with their output doesn't want them to put out too much at a time because you know they can really milk one record instead of having to do marketing and put a whole bunch of effort in for a bunch of records. So maybe it's like they are advised only put out something every once in a blue moon. I don't know. I bet there's a whole whack of reasons for it. When, when bands get that big, why they just kind of like, I don't know, just sort of become idle. Some people don't, though. It's interesting. Like, when you look at David Bowie, I mean, he was working on music when he was on his deathbed, you know, or Prince. I mean, well, Prince wasn't sick when he died, but, I mean, he was still just hanging yeah. away at records all the time. And, you know, like, or Lemmy and Motorhead was, you know, out playing shows right up until a few days before he died. And it's like, there's... There are certain people who will really just try and push it as far as they can until they kick the bucket, and then there's other people who are around forever <laughs> and just seem to stop doing anything, even though they easily could. Like, what what would prevent them? You think that they'd have everything at their disposal to try and make a new record if they wanted to? I guess that's just it. Maybe they just don't want to. Yeah, I don't know. It, 
maybe it is that fame just kind of makes you, you know, it's like success is a, maybe a success is a double-edged sword, you know, it's like you, you get successful when you, you, you get a bit lazy or you get a bit, you know, less inclined. I guess, I, yeah, like Leonard Cohen, I put in that same boat, you know, he yeah. two albums right before he died. But even someone like Leonard Cohen, I'd say, you know, or I would even say like someone Prince, you can't say this about because Prince was a, a goddamn workaholic. But, you know, even someone like David Bowie, he still went years at a time and didn't make an album. You know, it's like he was productive comparative to the Rolling Stones, but comparative to someone, you know, like, I, I guess, just actively pursuing a career in music. I think he's extremely unproductive. I mean, you know, like he was, he was productive for 30 plus years. And what did he, what did he make? Like 15 albums or something. That's pretty, it's kind of pathetic. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, how, what, what happened? Like, well, if, if I had that kind of, those means at my disposal, I, instead of making 12 albums a year, I'd make 24 albums a year. I'd make 30 albums. You know, it's like, I never stop at it. I do really appreciate Nick Cave's uh, perspective on it, where he he talks about actually going to work five days a week to work on songwriting. Yeah, and, that uh, sort of disciplined approach is really admirable. I mean, even even before he kind of, I think, got into that stage, he'd do things like he'd just lock himself away in a room and like people would you know, slide in food for him every once in a while or whatever, and he's just like just trying to get through a book, like get, get all the ideas out of his head or, or, you know, write or whatever he had to do. Um, so yeah, like I, I really respect him for how disciplined he is. I don't think a lot of people are like that. Yeah. I think it could be just a bit of discipline issue when you have all the money that you ever need, you know, and you're, and, and you have everything at your disposal to make your, your life nice and comfortable and uh you know there's also i mean maybe you lose that hunger yeah to the rolling stones like they're not they probably look at it and think they're not going to do anything groundbreaking um and maybe maybe they're afraid to try i don't know about that but um you think about acdc who have like a whole whack of records out but the thing being about ACDC, and I fucking hate ACDC, is yeah. I would say, yeah. I haven't really, I don't know the last time I've listened to a full ACDC album, but it's basically the same goddamn album that they've been doing for at least 20 years, probably even longer than that, probably like almost the whole duration of their career. So maybe to the Rolling yeah. Stones, they're just like, well, we could put out a new album and then it's just going to sound like whatever the hell we've been doing probably since like, I don't know, like the 80s, I'd imagine. I don't I, I don't mind yeah. some of their earlier stuff. Like I, I can appreciate some of the stuff that they did in the '60s and '70s, but I, I don't. I've never really cared for anything they did after that. <laughs> maybe, maybe they just look at it as like, well, why, why even bother just putting out another subpar record? That's all we're going to be able to muster up anyway. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I find that heartbreaking. I, yeah, I, I really like this. Like, I think they've done. I think they did a lot of really. I think a lot of their music was really interesting and a lot of and, and really varied. But, 
yeah, it just seems like there just came a time where they was like, oh, well, we're done with that. <laughs> that's, a, that's such a strange thought to me because my creative life, nothing else gives me any satisfaction. I, I mean, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't give me a lot of satisfaction. Maybe I'm just very hard to, to, to follow the, uh, the, <laughs> the Stones reference here. But um, I, I just can't imagine being a creative person and be, just being like, well, that's, that part of my life is over. Peter Gabriel's another guy like that. Like, that guy hasn't really made an album for like 30 years. But he made some, re- I, I, I really love Peter Gabriel. He made some, some of the most incredible, like, unusual avant-garde pop of the, of the, of the 1980s, you know, really out there. I think it's surprising when I listen to Peter Gabriel, it's surprising that anything he ever did was popular because it's so unusual. And, you know, it's like just to get to that, get to that point where he, you know, they just basically, and, and different, you know, one album was different from one, from one to the next. Maybe it just takes so much out of you for some people that they just, I, I can't I can't do this anymore I, I'm I'm tapped out you know yeah. maybe that's what it is I really can't figure it out at all well I think it goes back to a point that I've brought up in the show independently of when I'm talking to you on here uh, just in reference to whatever the hell I've been doing um, is your idea of the creative process or recording an album being like trying to take a shit insofar as it it's probably not the most comfortable, enjoyable feeling while you're going through it, but once you get it done, it's a lot better. You feel much better for it. So, um, I don't know. I, I would say <laughs> we can almost wrap up the subject on that note, especially as we're almost at 20 minutes. <laughs> but I think <laughs> I think that's a, a pretty accurate summary of, of maybe maybe these folks don't have <laughs> have the guts left to. <laughs> to go through the, the creative process anymore because it is too taxing or, or just frustrating or emotionally draining or whatever. I don't know. I mean, it's a, I think this is a lot of speculation. Maybe we, we hit on something valuable here or maybe it's just all garbage. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say probably the latter more than the former. <laughs> I'm, I'm ha- I, I mean, I, I can only make correlations to my own creative life. But I actually find, as I get older, my I used to find it really drained me to to create things but as i get older i find actually that it restores me like if i don't get something creative done over the course of a day i feel like i've just completely wasted that that day you know it's like i know why i'm here on this planet and that's a great gift and that and and to be able to know why you're here you know it's because i have the ability to, to create things that i think only i can create you know whether whether that's for, you know whether it's for good or for real, whether people even enjoy it, really isn't, isn't a matter of my concern. My big concern is I know I have strong belief in what I'm doing, and like it restores me to create something. I mean, I, I write every single day. I don't. I don't even do the five days that what a week thing like Nick Cave. I, I work. I work on music for at least four hours a day, or writing you know, at least four hours a day every single day. And uh, if I don't get a chance to do that, I feel like I just wasted my whole goddamn day, my, and I'm wasting my life on top of it. 
Yep, I hear you loud and clear, buddy. Well, what do you say we wrap it up for this week and we'll pick it up again next week? I, I'm with you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for, thanks for letting me speculate on this uh, <laughs> this thing that keeps me awake at night sometimes. <laughs> yeah, there's no answer to it, but you know, there's there's theories abound. Until we get Mick and Mick and Keith on here, <laughs> yeah, we can grow them. We're working on it. <laughs> yeah. The all man. All right, my friend. Yeah, working. thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me, buddy. I'll be seeing you. All right, be seeing you, pal. Bye bye. Goodbye. All right. So yeah, as I was talking about earlier, uh, I have a whole set of songs that could be linked into age play based on their titles and most of them probably are actually are not tied into that at all but i thought it would make a cute idea for a set so i'll start it with chuck bean with johnny dense's hill rockers the song is called i want my mama well my mama she left me i don't know what to do Got herself a new daddy And now I'll feel blue I want my mama I want my mama I want my mama to convert me But the Lord I know she found somebody new I've been looking for my mama I thought she never wear She's got a fine mama She's the only one I care
Main, main, day. 
to come to see me sometime. Yeah, you may be a woman, but you come to see me sometime. You better watch yourself, cause I'm not a make a change of mind. But don't get mad at me, I ain't gonna get mad at you. But don't get mad at me, I ain't gonna get mad at you. Because I cannot do no more than what my let me do. But hey, hey, little girl. Hey, hey, little girl. Hey, little girl. Hey, hey, little girl. Hey, hey, little girl. Yeah, she's all right with me.
on my land if you'll hold your drill firmly in your hand and drill, 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 daddy. Drill, 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 daddy. He keeps drilling till the oil has flown away. Keep on drilling and don't you stop. Bring my oil from the bottom to the top and drill, 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 daddy. Drill, 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 daddy. He keeps drilling till the oil has flown away. Well, you get a stick. I'll get a pole. When one well goes dry, we'll use another pole. And drill, 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 daddy. Drill, 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 daddy. He keeps drilling till the oil has flown away. song the whole works definitely uh, Dorothy Ellis Drill Daddy Drill put out by Federal in 1952 then it was Frankie Lee Sims Hey Little Girl uh, all these are from singles by the way I won't keep saying that uh, put out in 1957 by Ace then it was Kathy Lynn and the Playboys He's My Special Boy from uh, 1964 through Swan then also from 1964 this time through Sue Records The Daylighters Oh, Mom, tell me how to Uncle Willie. I would also like to know how to Uncle Willie, if that were possible. Um, before that, the Adorables, Ooh, Boy, from 1965 Golden World single. Uh, Paul Kearns, I'm a Mean Mean Daddy, put out by PRC in 1960, which I think is just Paul Crane's, the guy who sang the song, his own label. I guess whatever R is his middle name, so PRC Records. Uh, the Terrigan Brothers with the Sterlings before that. Hi-Ho Little Girl put out by Fortune in 1958. And then from 1959 through the very originally creatively named Rock Records. Uh, Chuck Bean with Johnny Dentz's Hill Rockers. I Want My Mama. So there you go. Uh, I'm going to try and get through this stuff real quick just so I can squeeze in all the stuff that I wanted to play. So next is Table Sugar. The song is Millions Places, taken from Collected Acknowledgements, put out by Stucco in 2018.
place else I hate to tell you what a big mistake because this is the only place to come for these gorgeous gorgeous curtains for this price you could never find them anywhere that's the thing not like over here for these prices never that's why I'm so glad this place opened I am so thankful for this place to open up
I'm the man that walks the floor above your ceiling. I just heard you tell a friend that lives next door to you that whoever lives above you must be awful blue. You don't know. I take is all because of you to hear you say that you still love me would in this long some feeling I'm the man that walks the floor above your single, then Ammonia Wash before that, What You Don't from their album Erasure Poems, which they self-released last year, then The Scarlet's Stampede from a 1959 Prince single, uh, Helene April, Jemon Wee from an EP released by Taylor in 1964, also heard Old Time Religion, Jermaine. From See Now and No, released in 2019 by K, and started with Table Sugar, Millions Places from Collected Acknowledgements, released in 2018 by Stucco. I got one more song to close out the show. This was actually submitted uh, by the musician himself, Klez Bandar. It's called Kerouac is Dead. Uh, he's based here in Prague as well and put this out as a single you can find it on his band camp I'll post the link a bit later um, it's a self-released item and uh, yeah he asks uh, a pretty good question where is the party uh, I don't really think there is one unless maybe you're in Australia or New Zealand these days but uh, yeah we'll see maybe, maybe later this year there'll be parties I can only hope thanks for being here um and yeah, I'll post the replay soon. Be back again next week. 
Most likely on Saturday, I think I got a pretty good thing going here, finally. Um, yeah, that's it. So, talk to you later. Get the fuck out of here. Be seeing you. And you.